This is the daily podcast from St. Paul's Knightsbridge, an invitation to pause for not more than 10 minutes each day to think, to reflect, and to pray. This week, as we embark on the holy season of Advent, Luigi Gioia explores soul budgeting. I grew up in a rural village in the south of Italy where we were accustomed to pick fresh fruits directly from plants and trees. I vividly remember this middle-aged city woman visiting, whom I took for a walk in our orchard. She picked a peach from a tree and ate it in awe, saying to me that this was the first time she had done this in her whole life. She knew that fruits come from trees, but having always lived in a city, she had never had the occasion to marvel at the miracle of the earth, water, sun and air becoming the produce that gave her sustenance, life and delight. She took them for granted. They came to her as the result of a purely transactional activity. If you want something to eat, you just buy it. Our modern mindset has shaped our perception of ourselves as subjects, that is, mentally autonomous entities floating over a field made of objects at our disposal, which we take and discard without any sense of belonging, accountability and especially gratitude. Having lost this connection with our greater body, with nature, It is no surprise that we should be so careless with it, rapidly squandering and polluting it, and thus compromising our own chances of survival. If water is poisoned, the balance of seasons altered, plants and animals extinct, if my larger body is compromised, my individual body budgeting is threatened. Just as I care about my teeth, my skin, and make sure that I cater for the needs of my organism, so I should attend to my larger body of rivers, woods, forests, mountains, seas, and any of the living creatures that inhabit them. How unable we have become to share St. Francis' sense that the sun is our brother, since he brings the day, gives us light, beautiful and radiant in all his splendour, the moon our sister, the wind our brother, the water our sister too, which is very useful and humble and precious and chaste, the fire our playful and robust and strong brother, the earth our mother, who sustains us and governs us, and who produces fruits with coloured flowers and herbs. We think this is all very poetic, but cannot retrieve the same sense of kinship with nature that inspired the verses of his Canticle of the Creatures. Relation with creation is not optional. We cannot say that the book of Scripture is enough, because Scripture itself constantly sends us back to the book of creation. These two books have to be interpreted in the light of each other and are both indispensable for, as Paul says, the revealing of the daughters and the sons of God. We should think of creation and our own body within it not as a work completed in an initial and self-contained act, but rather as a trajectory, a process, something that will become what was meant to be only at the end when God 
will be all in all, as Paul says in the first letter to the Corinthians. If we listen intently and pay attention, we will discover that we are caught in the eager longing and groaning of the creative process. We are part of a universal gestation, for, as Paul says again in Romans, we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pain of childbirth until now. The advent of God through creation can seem so much bigger than us, too far beyond our reach, something of which we are not likely to see the completion in our lifetime. And yet, for our own good, for the sake of our body budgeting, and even more so of our soul budgeting, we are invited to welcome this advent. Just as creation waits with eager longing for this revelation, so we too are encouraged to hope for it and, as Paul says again in Romans, wait for it with patience. This waiting with creation is not a passive activity. On the contrary, it is comparable to what Jesus describes in the parable of the seed growing. The kingdom of God is as if someone should scatter seed on the ground. They sleep and rise night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. They know not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Crucially, farmers do not just sleep, but also keep rising day in, day out. This means that while we let creation do its work, we wait by attending to it, marvelling at it, protecting, exploring, loving and respecting it. And one of the ways in which we expectantly and actively wait with creation is scientific endeavour, that is, everything we are certain through our deeper knowledge of our environment. This is critical. We are right to say that there is a natural order, although more often than not this principle is weaponized by fundamentalist Christians who think they know what nature is independently from science and even in contradiction with it, and use this caricature to prop their beliefs, especially in the field of ethics. Indeed, our understanding of nature, life and ourselves, our sexuality included, is part of the natural order. Not, however, according to archaic and rudimentary scientific knowledge of thousands of years ago, but according to the constantly evolving knowledge resulting from our attending to creation, of our active waiting with creation for the unfolding of our identity. Just as nobody will argue any more that the sun turns around the earth because scripture seems to imply it, so, for example, we must not be afraid to listen to what science says about human sexuality today, even when it seems to contradict what scripture says. Again, scripture and creation and our evolving understanding of the latter have to be read together. This is the responsible way of welcoming God's advent by waiting with creation. 
And you can join Luigi Joya in our Zoom room at 8.30 tomorrow evening, Wednesday, and then on Thursday and Friday for further podcasts in this short series. <laughs> <laughs>